Welcome to a learntolearn.org podcast. We are here to support your learning, taking off the limits that we have accrued to our learning and adding in those ingredients that we've learned from world-class learners that have made them the best so that we can each update our own programming and become the best learners that we can be. We're really glad that you're here to share some time with us. We hope that this brings you exactly what you need today to better engage in your life and your learning. There are several different factors that lead to our success in learning or in any other area of life. The one we're going to deal with today is how we manage time. This is so fundamental because if we do it well, this gives us a sense of control, of choice, of power over our learning, over our lives. And if we do it poorly, it leads to all kinds of problems, as all of us who have at one time or another fallen short in this area know about. If we manage time badly, it creates no end of stress and undermines our sense of self, of self-confidence, and certainly impacts our grades or whatever other areas that we're engaging in. To give an example, in the studies that have been done with college students, they find that the facility that a college student has at time management is at least as predictive of their college success as their SAT scores. The fundamentals of time management are pretty straightforward. First, we have to have clear long-term goals and than medium-term goals and short-term goals. So what does that mean? Let's use college as our example for the time being. You know, the same thing, the same principles could play out in grade school, high school, business, other areas of our life. But for now, this will work for our illustration. In regards to managing time, we want to have a clear goal and perspective for the semester as a whole. What are our outcomes for each class? And then we want to break it down to what is that going to take? Usually professors help us out and lay out in the beginning of class, here's what we're going to cover, here's what's expected, here's the general progression that we're going to go through, the books that we need to read and such. Then we want to break it down into medium-term goals, What needs to be done this week? What might need to be done next week? It helps to write this down so that we can see it, so that it's not just a vague concept in our head. Then we want to look at what's it going to take day by day to get this done. And we want to lay out a schedule. Now, at this point, a lot of people go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. If you're trying to box me into a schedule, you know, what about my pleasures? What about the rest of my life? What about my social life? What about hanging out? 
We want to build that into this. That's also an important part of time management. Time management does not mean how do we detail every minute and force ourselves to apply ourselves without any let up. That doesn't work. Certainly doesn't work for most of us. So we want to build in the free time. And even there, we want to have some sense of goals. What do we want to have come out of that free time? Is it just kind of vague? Well, you know, I just want to hang out. And then we get to the end of that time and we don't feel satisfied? Or do we want to have some sense of, this is what would be satisfying for me? You know, to do these kinds of things with my friends or here's an activity that really fulfills me. How do I build that in? Now let's go back to the studies part of this. We already know what our class schedule is going to be. Then what kinds of time do we need to put around that? How many hours a day do we need to study? When are we going to do it? This is not a rigid plan, but it's a guideline that helps us get focused, helps us stay on track, helps us have a sense of being in control rather than life just coming at us and hopefully I get it done. If I know that I have to write a term paper, I have to read X number of books, I have to be in the lab this amount of time, how do we schedule this out over the week? over the month, over the semester, so that we don't end up feeling pressured, so that it doesn't all come down to the last week or the last day or the last night. How do we think through this and put it down on paper so that we can see? It's like having a roadmap that we can follow and get to our destination. To illustrate, if we have a paper to write, a 10-page paper, and it's going to be due mid-semester, how do we break that down? How long does it take us to do the research for the paper? How long does it take us to lay out the basic construct? How long does it take us to write the paper, edit the paper, put it in its final form? Let's say it takes us 10 hours, and we think, okay, if I do two hours a week, then I'll have it done by the end easily. And that two hours a week is not a big chunk out of my week or my day. Oh, if I do a half hour a day during the week, I cover all that in four days. Then I can easily see how to fit in the other things that I have to do. So each one of those things, we want to break it down, figure out how much time it's going to take, and how to schedule it in. That's the basics of time management. To put it in a different way, if we thought about our day as a 24-hour day, and we're going to break it up into three eight-hour segments, eight hours for sleep, eight hours for school, study, classes, and such, and eight hours for our personal time, recreation, friends, social time, whatever else we want to do. We can look at that, and that's a pretty inviting schedule, pretty easy to imagine carrying out over the course of several years of college. Now, within that, we want to consider what are our priorities? What classes are 
our most important classes, which ones are our biggest challenges, which things need to be done first, what's going to make the most difference, and use those priorities to lay out that day-to-day, week-to-week schedule. Too often we get our priorities reversed and we end up doing the things that are the least important the most time, doing them first, doing them ahead of what is really going to make a big difference with us. If we take the time ahead of time to think this through, it's much easier to put those priorities in order and then build that into our schedule. Again, we're laying out our roadmap for success. If we follow what we've put in front of us this way, we get the results that we want. Way back in 1973, Alan Lakin, a Harvard MBA, coined the term time management and laid out what he thought were the three most important roadblocks to successful studying. The first roadblock was not planning and organizing well. That's what we've been talking about. The second roadblock to proper time management is not finding adequate places to study. We're going to get to that in a moment. And then the third is procrastination, wasting our time, running away from what we need to get done. Of course, we'll cover that here today as well. All of these are dependent on having the right attitude. If we come to this from that sense of, oh, I have to set up a schedule and I'm supposed to follow it and I hate doing that and it's just another way to box me in. Well, of course, that attitude is going to limit us. If we can, on the other hand, really think about this from that perspective of, if I do this well, this can really free me. This can really help me. We've done an entire podcast on attitude and several on beliefs. And those can, if you go back to them and review them, can really help you to get lined up around this. Again, time management is so important in getting the outcomes we want in our life. That's why we're covering it. So let's take a minute and think about the appropriate place to study. Now, this is so varied from person to person, but the primary issue is lack of distractions. The challenges are obvious here. If we stop and think for a minute, we know what's not going to work. We need instead to think of where we'll work. And it's not like we have to do the same thing every day, but we do need some place where we can lay our materials out, where we can easily focus, where things aren't pulling us away from what we're doing. And using it with some consistency is often helpful. It builds in a habit that our psyche becomes familiar with, and it knows what to do when it gets there. It's very much like having a schedule. If we know that, hey, I get up at this time every morning, our body, our brain is going to tend to get us up at that time. If it's all over the place, well, then our results tend to be as well. So consistency helps, but again, it's not a box that we have to tightly live in. We have flexibility. Again, everything is built around what's the goal and is the way I'm doing it going to really maximize my effectiveness at getting to that goal. 
if we go back to the podcast on motivation, that stepping into the goal as if it's already achieved and getting that feeling is going to give us the energy, the focus, the motivation to implement these things. So we know that you can figure out this part. No problem. So let's go on to procrastination, wasting time, and running away from our priorities. As we've touched on in the past, one of the most common drivers of procrastination is our limiting beliefs, our sense that we're not enough, this is too hard for us, I'm not going to succeed, no matter what I do, I'll fall short, or it could be a range of other things. So let's go back to a technique that we suggested in an earlier podcast on beliefs. Let's use a positive statement to pull up out of our psyche whatever is contrary to that. An example would be if we say, I can do this easily, and we listen for a moment, and we may have to do this three or four or five times. And then we hear something, we feel something, we sense something coming up in us that says, no, not really. I can't do it. This is not for me. Now we know we're on to one of those limiters. Let's use another example. Let's say we say to ourselves, I can accomplish anything. I can do anything. And we hear something come up inside of us that says, no, I can't. I'm not able to. And we continue with our statement we're going to start getting a sense as to what the underpinnings of that I can't. Or another way to do it is to say, yes, I can, and then listen again. Now maybe we start getting images of, feelings of, a sense of those times that the mind has grabbed onto where we've fallen short or where we've judged ourselves. Again, we have that podcast on how to overcome judgments through forgiving ourselves and the whole of what that really is about and how to and how to change those perspectives so to restate this so often our procrastination is a result of our self-concepts a result of limiting ways that we think about ourselves and our ability to do what's in front of us So dig into this area. It will pay off big time. Because if we have something that says, I can't or I'm not good enough for all of those things, it's going to be operating in a lot of areas of our life. And if we take the time to ferret these things out and apply the easy methods we've laid out here to change some of these things, It's going to free us up again to be able to do what we want in terms of our learning, in terms of our life. It's going to let us move on and even imagine bigger goals and be able to step into those more readily. When we think about the difference between people that are highly motivated in school and those that just sort of coast through, One of the most fundamental differences is that the people that are coasting have not really set out in front of themselves a goal that they really highly desire and that they believe in. And again, often those beliefs keep us from even being able to imagine a desirable outcome. So very important, and this will be very helpful to you. 
There's been research done on procrastination showing that procrastinators tend to be less healthy. They have a compromised immune system. They often have insomnia. Not uncommonly, they will suffer from anxiety or potentially depression. And some of the things that come out of that, increased drug and alcohol consumption, increased frustration with their life, obviously lower success rates. So addressing these things is so important. Procrastinators are also so often not honest with themselves and end up feeling bad about themselves because of it. They'll say things to themselves like, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow, or I have plenty of time. I always do a better job if I do it the night before. I love the pressure, on and on. And anytime we tell ourselves things that we know deep down are not true, it diminishes our sense of confidence in ourself. Some people procrastinate because they get a certain kind of rush from doing things last minute. There is this sense that the pressure feels good. If we go again a little more deeply with this, we find that there's this underlying constriction in someone's system, and they don't know how to overcome that block, that constriction. And it's almost like putting themselves under pressure pushes their capacity through that. Yeah, there's a certain kind of excitement that goes with that, but it's risky. There's no certainty that they're going to be able to pull it off. Again, those constrictions that we're using the pressure to overcome are usually rooted in self-concepts, in beliefs about our capacity and about who we are. We know what to do about those. There are a lot of us that hold back just because we're afraid of failing. If we don't try, we can't fail. That's the sense that we sometimes engage. Obviously, if we don't try, we most likely will fail. We'll at least come up short on the goals that we've set for ourselves. We can certainly see the beliefs that might be involved here. But let's come at it a different way. If we think about, you know, a little kid, a baby, learning to walk, and they get up, but they've seen other people do it, they want to do it, and they fall. <laughs> and they fall again. And they fall again. But they keep getting up because they've seen somebody else do it, and they really want it. They don't go into oh my gosh, I'm such a failure, I should give up, I'll never do this, why bother, and all of that. They, they see the goal. They sense what they want. They know that somewhere in them is the capacity or they wouldn't even want to be doing it. So if we look back through our history of failures and we think of them from that view of, well, I haven't accomplished it yet, but that doesn't mean that I can't. It's just an attitude that we take. If I want it and if I persist, I will be able to. So often we think that if I try it once and I don't do it, that I'm not capable or I'm not good at it and I should just move on. Well, if that were the case, 
nobody would get anywhere. Very few people succeed the first time out. And most of us, not even the second or maybe the third, but we keep going. Rather than forming a picture that says, well, there it was, I tried, and I failed, done. We sort of add on to that sense, again, this just concept of yet, not yet, but I will if I persist. You know, we so often talk about, is intelligence something that is fixed Or is it more like a muscle that if we use it, if we show up at the gym day in and day out, that it builds? We here at Learn to Learn certainly vote for the second way, that this is something that builds. And yes, of course, for so many reasons, as a young kid, if we didn't get it done and we didn't have the right support and all that, we ended up deciding, not for me. But we can go back and change that. What if we go back into that very event, that time or times where it didn't work out, and rather than taking on that perspective of, not for me, I can't, we replay it with that outlook of, I'll get this, I can do it, I can persist, and then imagine actually getting it, adding that into the script, revisioning it this way, and coming back through with that change in perspective. What does this do then to our outlook, and how does this change that fear of failure? And consequently, what does that do to procrastination, or now, hopefully, motivation and engagement? Some people procrastinate because they don't make decisions that lead to actions. Let us share a little bit of a story. We knew a woman very successful in her business life, but in her personal life, had a very hard time making decisions and hence procrastinated. Things took forever. Her friends hated going to lunch or dinner with her because it could take 45 minutes just to decide what to order. It could take her a half hour, an hour in the morning just to pick out what she was going to wear. Her boyfriend had been proposing to her for a long time, and she couldn't answer him because she couldn't decide. She finally stepped back and looked at her life and went, I'm really good at making decisions in my work life. But when it comes to my personal life, I make them really differently. She gave us the example of trying to decide what to wear. And she said that she would go to her closet, pick out something and go, oh yeah, this will be great. And then she would think, well, what about that meeting I have later today? I could never wear this. And so she would start over again and decide what might work for the meeting, but it wouldn't work for after work or oh yeah, today's going to be really hot. I couldn't wear what I just picked out. And so she had criteria. What was important to her one after another after another, rather than thinking about them all at the same time and going, what was the most important? And she realized that's what she did at work, is she would think about everything that was important. What was the highest priority? What was second? What was third? What was fourth? And then look at the decision and go, well, given my priorities, this is the obvious conclusion. She brought that over to her personal life. 
okay, here are the various things that I have to consider in picking out my clothes today. The most important is, let's say, the meeting. And second would be, yeah, it's going to be a hot day. I got to take that into consideration, etc. And then she could look at her closet and take her two minutes to pick out what she needed. Well, it's the same thing when we're trying to decide what to study when to study, where to study, and when to work in other activities. If we spread out the criteria, if we go, well, you know, I want to relax today, so maybe I should do this, but I've got to get this done, so maybe I should do that, but really important is I get started on this other thing, so maybe that should be first. Instead, if we look at all of those, rank what's most important, second, third, so on, it becomes very easy to go, oh, this is where I start. Here's my decision. So look at your life and look at where do my decisions work out well and where don't they? And how do I go about, what's the feeling? What's the way that I view it? What questions do I ask myself when I'm making decisions that really work well? And what if I apply those to the other areas, particularly those areas where we procrastinate? How does this change it for you? Try this out. Practice with this. And we think you'll find a big difference. We think you'll find that procrastination, when the other things we've talked about are included, will fall away. And again, go back and review some of our other podcasts on motivation, on beliefs, on overcoming overwhelm because so often we procrastinate because things seem too big. They seem above us. They seem like more than we can handle. And if we shrink them down, bring them down to a lower visual level, all of that, as we've described so much so thoroughly in our Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, that will free you from that. And again, procrastination can become a thing of the past. And your ability to manage time effectively in a way that leaves you satisfied with your life, satisfied with your learning, with accomplishing what you've set out to accomplish, and having the time to enjoy other things in your life. We think that that will all come into an alignment for you. Try it out again and again. Come back to What's the ultimate goal? What do I really want to be experiencing? And step into that and really soak that in, really feel that, really engage in that future that you're heading for. Fully there, feet on the ground, and look back and go, what were the steps that I had to take to get here? What led to this? And then implement those steps. Now time can be on your side. Thank you for listening. Our purpose is supporting your capacity to learn and to attain all that you can imagine. We hope you use the perspectives and exercises that we have shared. Feel free to send us questions, ideas, experiences that might benefit our listeners via learntolearn.org, L-E-A-R-N-T-O-L-E-A-R-N.org. Finally, please help others by sharing our link with your friends, family, and other loved ones, since how you learn is how you live. Thank you.